Okay, there are some uh, booklets. I wanted to discuss one Indian. It is the first night of Hanukkah. There's so much to talk about. Um, there's so much to talk about Hanukkah. <clears throat> but I, I wanted to speak out one Indian, hopefully an Indian that could give us something practical to to uh, to focus on, to work on throughout the Yom of Hanukkah. So we'll start off with the Rambam all the way at the end of Hilchas Hanukkah. I'm sorry, I guess we don't make enough booklets, but all the way at the end of Hilchas Hanukkah, Perak Dalat Halacha Yud So the Rambam is addressing the halacha that a person is supposed to sell uh, in order in order to um, be able to afford Neres Hanukkah, even if a person needs to sell his clothing. A person is obligated to sell his clothing so that he could uh, have enough money to buy Neres Hanukkah. So why? Why is it so special? So take a look at the Rambam. I believe that this is the Rambam's own Chiddush. It's his Lashon. The Rambam says, Mitzvah's Ner Hanukkah, Mitzvah Chaviva Hi Admaoid. The Mitzvah of Ner Hanukkah is a Mitzvah that is very precious. Mitzvah Chaviva Hi Admaoid. It's a Mitzvah that is ex- exceedingly precious. Chaviva, Chaviva means precious. Admaoid, in an ex- exceeding way. The Tsar Adam Leizarva, a person's got to be very cautious, very careful with this mitzvah. Why? In order to make the nace known and in order to praise Hashem. And then the Ramam says, therefore, even if a person lives off of tzedakah money, he's got to borrow, he doesn't have extra money, he's got to borrow money or even sell his clothing in order to, in order to buy oil for the nearest Hanukkah. So what we want to focus on what is this Lashen? that it's a mitzvah chaviva hi adma He doesn't say that about any other mitzvah. No, why does he use this lashon? A second question we wanted to ask is like this. <clears throat> we all know that me'ikar hadin, well, tonight we lit one candle. Tomorrow night, me'ikar hadin, we could also light one candle. The next night, one candle. The next night, one candle. Nevertheless, it's a din of mahadrin and mahadrin mina mahadrin. If you take a look at the Shulchan Aruch, the Shulchan Aruch does not bring down the Iker Hadin. The Shulchan Aruch does not say that if you want or you only have enough money, you light one candle each night. It's not brought down. The other din of Mahadrin, which is Ner Lekal Echad, that the Baal Abayis lights one Ner for each person, Shulchan Aruch doesn't bring that either. The Shulchan Aruch only brings down the din of Mahadrin, Mena Mahadrin. Now when it comes to any other mitzvah, there's also the Iker Hadin, the main halakha, and then there's, some, there's different Ayfanim of Hidur. The, the Shulchan Aruch tells you the Din. Then sometimes it tells you the Hidur. Sometimes you have to look at other Paiskim to see how to be Mahadur and Mitzvah. And over here the Shulchan Aruch himself brings down the Hidur and only the Hidur. Another question, you know, there's a Din, the Gemara Bavakama says, on Daftes, Hidur Mitzvah Ad Shlish. Gemara says, what do you mean Ad Shlish? Says the Gemara, Hidur Mitzvah Ad Shlish Be Mitzvah. Which means that hidr mitzvah, how much more do you pay to do the mitzvah in a more mahudar way? Up to a third of the value of the mitzvah. So let's say uh, to buy a pair of tzitzis normally costs three dollars, doesn't it? You know, it costs thirty dollars. So how much more do you pay in order to do hidr mitzvah? 
either add 10, another 10, which is a third of 30, or another 15, which will be uh, 45, which will, all take, which will be a third of the, of the final number. <clears throat> but it's always only at shlish. And here, if the Ikraham mitzvah, every night is one candle, tomorrow night you're lighting two candles, that's much more. The next night, three, four, five. It doesn't go with the regular gedarim of Hidr mitzvah. So we want to understand, in addition to the Rambam's lashon of, of mitzvah chavivah hi adma what's with this Hidr mitzvah by Neiros Hanukkah? Why dafke? It's, it's in a way that's very different than any other Hidr mitzvah. And it's in a way that the Shulchan Aruch is expecting us to be doing Hidr mitzvah. Why is it that way? So that's uh, the second question. So let's try to be um, magdir, what happened? We all know that the Yavanim primarily were coming to be geyser various kezeras on Klai Yisrael. <clears throat> you know, the Rambam at the beginning of, 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 of Hilchas Hanukkah tells us that there were numerous kezeras. He doesn't even get into it. Galus Yavan is compared to a leopard in uh, Daniel's dream. He sees them as a leopard. Why a leopard? A leopard has a lot of spots. So the Medrash says that there were so many gzairas that was like the different spots on a leopard. You thought that you, 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 thought you had this gzairah, and then that gzairah, and then this one, and that one. They banned Shabbos, and then Rosh Chodesh, and then Bris Mila, and uh, various ofanim of Limur Atur, no Pasha Sashavuah, no... Uh, um, they burned Sifrei Torah, Apostomus who burned the Sifrei Torah, uh, he was from the Malche Yavan. There was... Uh, what are the gzairas? The horn. What? The horn. The horn. Right al Karen Hashar Yisrael. They uh, weren't allowed to mention Hashem's name before that. There was a Xerah, they weren't even allowed to say brachas. You weren't allowed to say anybody know which poem they wrote? Which poem did the Jews write when they weren't allowed to say brachas anymore? And they had snitches all over the place. So they wrote a beautiful poem called Enkelokeinu. If you go, Enkelokeinu has five sentences. The first uh, letter of the first sentence, Enkelokeinu, is Aleph. The next one is Mi, Mem. Noida is the third. Aleph, Mem, Nun stands for, I mean, spells out, Amen. And then the next um, stanza is Baruch, and then Atta. So it's like, uh, Amen to a Baruch Atta. Just like re- reminding themselves of the brachas that they couldn't say. There were various gzeras, one after another. They weren't allowed to bring bikurim. They weren't allowed to bring wood for the maracha. One gzeras after another gzeras. It was a terrible time. Mamash <clears throat> an onslaught against Yiddishkeit. So to understand why those gzeras, I, don't, I'm not, don't want to, I, I can't explain why specifically those right now. But why dafka? Very strange Kufa. You know, when the Babylonians came into Eretz Yisrael, they just wanted to kill us out. When the Romans came in, they wanted to kill us out. When Haman wanted to destroy us, he wanted to kill us out. And here, the Xera was specifically to get us to assimilate, to get us to violate the Torah. So I want to learn with you a small piece from Rabbi Hanan. Uh, <clears throat> this is, a, it's found in the back of the, of the, of the old Kovitz Aris. And also in, now in the, in the new, um, what are they called? Kovitz Ma'amarim. So they printed the, these, uh, the Gmais, the Bi'ure Agadis. And it's something very, very, very fundamental. 
Rabbi Hanun wants to know the following. He contrasts the response of the Jews by the, by the time of the Xerah of Haman, how, how they reacted, and how they reacted by the Xerah of Antiochus. But let's just speak out the question. By the Xerah of Antiochus, meaning by the Nase of Hanukkah, what happened? How did the Jews respond to all these Xerahs? Not everybody at once. I'm sorry? Right, so they tried to learn, but how did they deal with the enemy? How did they deal with the threat? What? They eventually fought them. They went to fight. The, the, the family of, of, of Matisyahu, Matisyahu and his sons, they went and they engaged in battle against the Greeks. The Greeks came with their elephants, and yeah, because the Jews refused, like Avramash is saying, they refused to cave in, and they, despite the fact that they were making all these xeris, they were outsmarting them all the time and disobeying. So eventually they came with force, the Greeks came with force, and they fought back. We, there was a war. And eventually we won. It was Gibarim Biyad Chalashem, Rabim Biyad Ma'atim, but there was a war. By the nace of Purim, we don't fight that they, we don't find that, you know, that they went to war. What did they do by Purim? They fasted, and they davened, and they davened, and they fasted. They didn't go to fight. No, they didn't. Didn't they have to fight? They asked once Ahasuerus killed Haman in response to the davening. They said, would you mind if we just go and wipe out all our enemies? Ahasuerus said, you know, it's my pleasure. So they went and, and, and wiped him out. But it wasn't to get the issue. The issue was done already. Haman was hanged. Mordecai came out in his... Uh, in his uh, yeah, but th- that fight was just wiping out the enemy. Meaning, the nace was won. Yeah, the nace happened. Haman was hanged. Mordecai came out to Lubush I'm sorry, Lubush Malchus Tchelis Bechur. He had base Haman. They asked for permission to go and then kill out all the anti Semites. Right, but it was already over. Haman wasn't there, Akashverosh uh, elevated Mordechai to be the highest minister. What would have happened? <coughs> I, 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 I don't know what would have happened. Right, but Akashverosh right now had already. The main enemy there was Haman, not Akashverosh. So Rabbi Hanan is. Excuse me, he asks of this kasha. Look, let's take a look. Uh, on, see, he should have it on the second page. Umatzinu shnei, I'm just going to do the parts that we underlined. You know, just... Umatzinu shnei yomim toivim. There are two yomim toivim from Chazal. Shenik ve'uladaris that were established for all future generations. Lezeicher hanisim. In order to commemorate the various nisim that took place when we were saved from the xeris of our enemies, specifically Haman and Antiochus. Let's examine. What did our ancestors do then in response to these xeris? Which means did they grab onto in order to be spared from these two xeris? What do we find? What did Mordechai and Esther do by the Xerah of Haman? 
gather all the Jews, let them fast, let them daven. They never thought that they should fight with force against Haman. Once Haman was wiped out, they asked Achashverosh, would you mind if we go and kill our enemies? He says, be my guest. But that's not how they fought Haman. They fought Haman with tefillah. However, Amnon b'gzeres Antiochus, all the way at the end of that paragraph, by the gzeres against Antiochus, we find ki bevadei gamken even though the, 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 you know, they might have fasted, vadei they fasted and davened, b'cholzas lo histapko they didn't suffice with that. Rather, they went with Messiris Nefesh and fought a war. Why the difference? Comes Rabbi Al-Khanan and tells us a Yisrael. This is a really fundamental Yisrael, <coughs> which uh, you know, gives us a tremendous perspective against a lot. And he says, there are two types of gzeris, two types of decrees that we find against Bnei Yisrael. One type of a decree comes from Hashem. It's called Maisa Hashem. Sometimes HaKadosh Baruch Hu, for whatever reason, wants to test us, wants to cha- challenge us, wants to punish us, and expects a certain response from us. Then there's something else called Maisa Satan. Maisa Satan means that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sometimes allows the Satan to do his. The Satan has a right to torment us. Comes Rabbi Hanan and says, there's a major nafkamina between if the Gzeira is Maisa Hashem, Hashem's coming to rebuke us. Hashem's coming to wake us up. Hashem's coming to test us. Or if it's the Satan. What is the difference? If it's something that's coming from Hashem, it's Maisa Hashem, it's not going to help to fight. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants you. Why is Hashem doing it? Why would a father punish a child? Why would HaKadosh Baruch Hu come and challenge us if not for the fact that He wants us to get closer to Him? That's why He's trying to wake us up. So the way to respond to Maisa Hashem is <clears throat> through tefillah, through fasting, through tshuva, through introspection, through trying to be better. If it's Maisa Satan, so the Satan has a right to come and make, to, to make us miserable. The way to fight that, says Rabbi Hanan, is by fighting with Messiris Nefesh. When a person says, I refuse to give up, the Satan is going to come. Hashem's not going to try to get us to stop doing mitzvahs. Hashem's going to give us a, a patch. That's what he'll sometimes do. We'll get hurt. Like, for example, at the, time, at the time of Purim, there was a threat of annihilation. We were going to get hurt. So we realized that's probably a Maisa Hashem. Why? Because that's the way he at first goes, is Hashem trying to tell me something? And the response is to daven, and the response is to do tshuva. However, when there's a threat of, 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 against Yiddishkeit, somebody's trying to get us to stop being from Somebody's trying to get us to stop keeping Shabbos. And that's not a Maisa Hashem. That's not the way Hashem tries to wake us up. But it's the Satan who's doing what he's allowed to do, <clears throat> which is to take us away from Hashem. So the way to do that, if you're fighting the Satan, is to refuse to give in. With Messiris Nefesh, to fight it. I'm prepared to give up everything for it, and then the Satan loses his force. Let's see how he says that. That's in, in Perictet, in, in Paragraph test. He says, You should know there are two types of conduct that we find. When there are decrees against B'nai Israel. Maisa Hashem and Maisa Satan. 
We find two types of decrees. Therefore, whenever we are confronted with a person needs to discern what type of a is this. Is the nature of this gzera Maisa Hashem? Or is the nature, is the nature of this gzera Maisa Satan? The simane ha-bechinahi, how do you tell? Im al-ha-gufos, if the gzera is that we're going to be annihilated, the gzera is that we're going to get physically hurt, like in the days of Haman, zuhi Maisa Hashem. So Yitz got to first look at that and say, this is Hashem trying to wake me up. V'tachlisa, therefore the purpose of that is to try to get us to be better. And that's through tshuva and that's through tefillah. What's it going to help to just fight? point is not to fight. A fight like that's not going to work. And therefore the go-to move is <coughs> to do uh, tshuva. However, avalim ha-gzerahi ala if the gzera is against the soul, and the main tachlis of the gzera is to get us to assimilate, to get us to not keep Yiddishkeit, and not to, so then that's not Hashem trying to get us to be better. That's the Satan, ain't the Maisa Hashem, rather the Maisa Satan. And in order to weaken the force of the Satan, you have to fight with the mysterious Nefesh and not give him. That's his Yisrael. So I ask you, why would Hashem let this happen? Why, why would Hashem let the Satan do something like that to us? Why does He allow the Satan in to hurt us, to try to, to, to again, this is my Satan, but why would He let the Satan do that? Thank you, dear Max. <clears throat> so there's a Bach, a famous Bach. Many of you, I'm sure, have seen it. We're just going to see like one or two lines of it. With the Bach again, he's contrasting Hanukkah and Purim. Why? By Purim, there's a mitzvah of, of Mishta v'Simcha, and on Hanukkah, the mitzvah is Lahoides Sulahalo. And the Bach says, you know, we underlined it, it's the second wide line. Aval Bachanukkah, the main Gzera, why did this Gzera take place? Al Shehisrashlu Ba'avoida. See the Chiddush of the Bach? What does Hisrashlu mean? Weakened. They became weak. They weren't so serious. They weren't holding on with, 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 um, with uh, enough seriousness, with enough excitement, with enough simcha shal mitzvah. They, there was a weakening when it came to Avodah Hashem. And therefore Hashem says, you know what? You don't take it so seriously? The Satan's going to now have an end. When we don't show enough seriousness, that's the end that the Satan has. You know what? You're not machshavit so much, we'll take it away. He's allowed to come and take it away. And what that's supposed to do then is we realize, well, look what we caused. Look at where we were going. And hopefully that, then our response is, with Messiris Nefesh, we're going to hold on to it. And then we get back to where we were supposed to be. So again, the Gzeira happened. It's a Maisa Satan. The Gzeira came about, Why? Because of a hisrashless, because we were loose, we loosened our grip. Once we loosen our grip, the Satan gets right in there. And he doesn't allow that grip to be strong unless we fight for it. And once we fight for it, then we want to hold on to it. So what was the upshot of it? I'll show you an interesting Gemara in, in Sanhedrin. The Gemara in Sanhedrin tells us a Maisa. Maisa be'echad, Gemara Sanhedrin amemvav. 
ברוך אתה אדוני אלוהינו מלך העולם שהכל נמצא. which punishment does a person get when he violates it in the Rabbanon again? What? Marcus Mardus, maybe, right? Look what happened to him. They brought this guy to Basin who was riding a horse on Shabbos, and he got skila. Now, skila you only get for violating one of the Lama Tesmalachas. Why did this guy get skila? Says the Gemara, not because he deserved it. Rashi explains because it's only a Dinder Rabbanon. So, why did he get it? The time needed it. Sometimes Basin has a right, <coughs> it's called a harasha, Basin has a right to give a punishment that's not written in the Torah because of the bigger picture. So what is the bigger picture? Let's see Rashi. Rashi says, Look at the sad thing that Rashi tells us. Klal Yisrael was totally like, exposed, breached with Averis. We always think about, or often think about, when we hear about the Greeks try to do this to us and that to us, so we think like Avramoshi said before, and we didn't listen to the Greeks. Rashi says, I wish that would have been the story. There were definitely those who didn't listen. We succumbed so much. Right? Klal Yisrael saw, uh, the Chazal saw the pressure that Klal Yisrael was under. The Yavanim came and decreed Gezerah after Gezerah upon them. And the mitzvahs became despicable in the eyes of Jews. Now there were the Chashmanayim. There were those Yereshamayim who fought. <clears throat> but the reason they fought with such mysterious nefesh, they saw what was happening with everybody else. There was a Hisrashlus Ba'avoidah. Say again, the Hisrashlus, we were weak. As a result of us being weak, like the Bach said, they made more Gezeris. And what happened? Many other Jews then just like, loosened their grasp completely. To the point that Basin had to start giving punishments that were not written in the Torah at all. They have this right that if it's ever like a really, really Shasat Chat, <clears throat> they're allowed to step in and make something. Why did they have to do this? Because it was getting complete. It was chaos. It was getting out of hand. Until they came with Mesiris Nefesh, the Chashmanayim, which by the way was one family, <clears throat> with the 11 sons. That's what Rashi says in Vizos Abracha. Others say that there were fewer, and they fought against the Greek army, and through some nays, they won. But they came and fought with Mesiris Nefesh. Okay, so this is the Hakdama, and now let's try to use this now to answer the questions. We began by asking, why, is the, why does the Rambam describe the mitzvah of Ner Hanukkah, which commemorates all the Nisim of... of um, of the victory over Yavan, why does he describe the mitzvah of Ner Hanukkah as mitzvah chaviva hi admaoid? We asked the second question, why is Hidr mitzvah take on a whole new li, a whole new level that we never find by any other mitzvah? <clears throat> what was the reason behind the Because we were doing the opposite of Hidr mitzvah. 
not only weren't we beautifying mitzvahs, we were lessening our grasp. Lessening our grasp means we weren't taking them so seriously. We weren't so makbid how we did it. We weren't so makbid when we did it. We weren't doing necessarily with every diktuk in halacha. We weren't doing everything in the right time. We weren't doing it with simcha, with islavas. We weren't doing it that way. So we're doing it kacha, kacha, in a mamela dika way. So mamela, that's how all these, therefore the satan could step in, and everything we've been describing. So Mamela, when Chazal were Mesach in this Yantav, they said, we're going to make sure that the mitzvahs of this Yantav of Hanukkah are done in the most Mohadirdika way. Mitzvah Chaviva Hi this is the most precious of all mitzvahs. It's the precious mitzvah. Starting with Hanukkah, we're going to do mitzvahs in the, with Hidurim that we never find. Because this is to set the tone. We don't want to fall to where we fell. So we're going to do things in the most Hidurdika way. Look at what happened then. I want to learn with you a base lady. <clears throat> the Beis HaLevi says, he also asks, how come there's so much Hidr Mitzvah? The Beis HaLevi tells us a fact. He says, you know, we all know the Beis Yosef's question, um, what was the nace? There was enough to last for one day, right? lasted for eight days. So the Mitzvah was really, uh, yeah, the miracle was an eight-day, the miracle was a seven-day miracle, not an eight-day miracle. So the Beis HaLevi says like this, he says, really, if you take a wick, let's say a thick wick, a normal wick, normal size wick, and you divide that into eight parts, you could, if you use a much th- thinner wick that absorbs much less oil, that would be a great etzah to have this last for longer. And they didn't do it. Let's take a look at the Beis HaLevi. It's the shortest piece on the page. mahadrin. He asks, why is it that this mitzvah has hidur and more hidur? Hanira, on the third line, Mishum de Iker Hanes, this nase of, 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 um, of the Ner Hanukkah, the nase of the Pach Hashemin, Tachlisa Hayarak Mishum Hidar Mitzvah Lechuda. The way the nase happened, the necessity for the nase was because they used Hidar Mitzvah. Velo Mishum Iker HaMitzvah, why? Tahare Hayarak Pach Hashemin Lahadlik Bolai Laachas. We know there was enough in that Pach Hashemin to last for one night. They could have used very thin wicks, much thinner than the wicks they normally used. And if they would have done it in a way that each psila would have been one-eighth of the regular size, and that would have been a kim of the mitzvah, of every single day. They could have been yaitz of the mitzvah, not with a nice thick wick, with a beautiful flame that comes out of it, it would have been a much weaker flame, but you could have gotten away with it. Why didn't they do that? Says the Beis HaLevi, because they wanted to do the mitzvah in a beautiful way. V'chal ha-neis, the reason the neis had to happen was mishum hidr mitzvahs. Shahayu ha-neris yafim. They said, we don't want to use a weaker ner than we normally use. We want to use the beautiful ner, k'mashahayu mikaydan. Therefore Chazal said, the reason Hashem had to bring about the nace was because you wanted to do it in a beautiful way. So we're going to continue doing this mitzvah with hidur, in a hidur dika way. You're supposed to use a beautiful menorah. You're supposed to use, you're not supposed to use a menorah. You're not supposed to use a glass menorah. We all use glasses. But it says, in Allah, you're not supposed to use a glass menorah. Because it turns black. It's not a, it's not a way to use a menorah. Menorah has got to be a beautiful menorah. It's got to use nice wicks. You've got to use nice oil. Have a nice flame. The Ramah discusses when he says, says that the Minigan Krakow was to use wax. 
says, why? Because wax gives you a beautiful flame. Yeah, I mean, it is to use oil, but you're supposed to get a beautiful flame. Why? You're supposed to get a hither, says the Beisalei, because it was done in the more Mahudar way. I ask you, why? Why did they do it in that Mahudar way? Why were they playing with this mitzvah? <clears throat> they didn't know it was going to last. They didn't know Nase was going to happen. Why didn't they make the wick smaller? He says they didn't want to, but why not? Well, this is the reason. The whole gzera happened. Why were all these gzeras of the Yavanim? Because they did mitzvahs in a kacha way. They did mitzvahs in a way that wasn't so lechatchila. That wasn't so mohudah. And that caused them to not take it so seriously and to do it in a much more lax way. So therefore, as a result, they, all the gzeras came. So Mamela, the mitzvahs that come as a result of this yantav, when they had the first chance to light that menorah again, they weren't going to take chances to do it in a, in a bidiyavid way. They were going to do it in the most beautiful way. Not only in terms of the flame. It's a famous question from the Pnei Yeshua, we have it here on the next page, where the Pnei Yeshua asks, why were they searching around trying to find some, some oil that was, wasn't touched by the guy? Right? The problem was, if a guy moves oil, so it becomes tame with it. With, uh, with uh, Tumas Hesed, because Chazal will geyser Tumah if a guy moves something. There's a halacha, Tumah Hutra B'Tzibur, which means, if the Tzibur is Tameh, then you're allowed to, Tumah, Shaya Tumah Tchuya B'Tzibur, Tumah Hutra B'Tzibur, but then you're allowed to bring Karbanas even in a state of Tumah. So, if everybody's Tameh. So if everything there was Tameh, why isn't a mutter? The answer is yes, of course, B'diyavid, it's okay. But they weren't doing this in a B'diyavid way. Chanukah, right now, the mitzvahs of re-inaugurating the Beis HaMikdash, everything was going to be done in the best possible way. You ever wondered what the word mahadrin means? The Gemara says, those who are mahadrin do it in a way that everybody likes the menorah. Or, or, or you have one candle connected every person in the house. One candle a night. And mahadrin, mina mahadrin, is the way we light it. What does the word mahadrin mean? Look at the Lashon of the Ran. The Ran says, Mahadrin means, it's such a beautiful Lashon, Pirush ha-machavdin ha-mitzvahs. People who respect, to give honor, give glory to the mitzvahs, they do. Usmechem bahem. And get excited about them. They're happy, they rejoice when they do these mitzvahs. That's the definition of Mahadrin. So Mahadrin means those, and all of us are supposed to light the menorah in which way? The way Mahadrin light the menorah. So what does Mahadrin mean? The way those who are machabit mitzvahs and are smechem. I have covered for the mitzvah that I'm doing and I'm excited, I rejoice. And that's what I'm supposed to do. When I'm doing the mitzvah, the Shulchan Aruch doesn't tell me the Iker Hadin. It doesn't even tell me the Mahadrin. Because on Hanukkah it's not a choice. Maybe the reason, I, I don't know if this is true, but maybe the reason Chazal gave me the two previous categories is not so that I should do it. So that I should not do it, but that I should be what, what I'm doing. They wanted me to light the menorah the way I'm doing it. One, and then two, and then three, and then four. But they put these other ways in place so that the way I'm doing it is going to be more muhudr. That there is a bidi of it. Not that you should do it. But so that on Hanukkah, we're all those who are mechabed the mitzvahs, we respect the mitzvahs, we shall cover to the mitzvah, <coughs> and we're smechim, we're rejoicing in the mitzvah that we did. So I just want to end off this Nakuda and then just to show you access to Gemara about Zara somewhere. Go ahead. Thank you. I just came back from Eretz Yisrael. I just came back from Eretz Yisrael. 
So, not that you can't do it here, but this forum, wherever you go, there's people selling smarm. So I picked up a safer, which uh, I showed a guy on the plane. He says to me, they charge you 20 shekels for that? They should have charged at least 150 shekels. But either way, beautiful new safer on Hanukkah from my 12th grade Rebbe, who's currently um, a Rebbe in Pachad Yitzchak, Mashkiach of Kavran Yeshiva, Rebchaim Yitzchak Kaplan. And uh, it's, I slept a little bit on the plane, but it was, it was tough, you know, <clears throat> holding on to this thing. So he says, he just brings it, one of the things I just wanted to share with you, he's discussing this Indian, but in, in his Kishwan Dika way. So he brings down this Rambam on the very last page. This is the first Rambam in Hilchas Hanukkah. And the Rambam talks about what happens. He says, during the days of the Bayes Shani, so the Malche Yavan made various kazeras against Klal Yisrael, and they caused us to give up our Yiddish guy. Lahem Li Yisrael. It was very difficult for Klal Yisrael. And they pressured them, until Hashem had compassion, and he saved them. The Rambam stresses who won the war? The, the children of the Chashmonaim, who were Kohanim Gedolim. Who were Kohanim HaGedolim. And they killed the Yavanim. Or he, the, he learned, yeah, they killed the kings of the Yavanim. And they saved Bnei Yisrael from them. And they appointed a Jewish king from among whom? From the Kohanim. The Chazra Malchus Yisrael. And the Malchus came back to Klal Yisrael for more than 200 years until the time of the Chorban. The Rambam says, what was the Yeshua? The Yeshua was they fought, they won, HaKadosh Baruch Hu delivered the kings of the Yavanim into the hands of Klal Yisrael. They appointed then a new king, new kings from the Kohanim, and the Malchus remained by Klal Yisrael until the end of Vayishen. The Ramban in Parshas Vayechi says that the fact that they appointed kings from the Kohanim was an indictment. They shouldn't have done it. Who's supposed, which Shevet are supposed to be the kings? Yeah. Shevet Yehuda. So the appointing kings from, from, from uh, the Chashmonaim was bad, and that's why the Chashmonaim eventually died out. That's where the Rambam learns. But the Rambam doesn't sound like that. The Rambam sounds like this was the Yeshua. The Yeshua was, when they took over, not only did Hashem deliver, Hashem delivered the Yavanim into our hands, and we appointed kings specifically from the Kohanim. The Rambam is mashma that that's what they were supposed to do. So Rav Chaim Yitzchak Kaplan wants to understand what is so special about the Kohanim being kings, Dafka now. That according to the Rambam, it wasn't the wrong thing. <clears throat> he says something so beautiful. He says the whole problem was that we weren't taking mitzvahs seriously. And the Yavanim came, they tried to get us to give up the mitzvahs. They didn't want us, I was learning today with one of the, with one of the, Hebra, the beginning of the Rambam, or the beginning of the Maharal Sefer, Ner Mitzvah. He says the Greeks were okay with ritual and culture. But not if you take it seriously and you believe you're connecting to Hashem with it. They couldn't deal with that. They fought. They fought against our relationship with Hashem. They fought against Torah and Mitzvahs. That's what they were fighting against. When we took over, when we became kings, when we were able to put in place our own kings, it was very important that the people who would be the kings would be people, not some who were good politicians. Not some people who knew how to pave roads and get people to, to do their jobs. It was important that who should be a king? A king who represents this that we were fighting for. Who are those? That's the Kohanim. The Kohanim, they didn't have lands. They didn't have... The Kohanim's whole life was serving in the base of Mikdash. 
Like the Pasuk in Malachi says, Kisif Sekain Yishmaru Das, the Torah Yavakshu Mipiu, they taught Torah, they lived Torah, they lived Avoida. They said, if we're going to appoint a king, what kind of a king are we going to appoint? We're going to take Kohanim. We're going to take people whose lives represent Avoida. They're going to get in the highest office. This country is going to stand for one thing, for Torah and Mitzvahs. That was part of the Yeshua. Part of the Yeshua wasn't just getting Eretz Yisrael back and having a nice flag and having an Independence Day and having. That wasn't what it was. It was re, re-establishing the chashivas of mitzvahs, the covet of mitzvahs, the simcha shal mitzvah. Therefore, when they got it back, they made sure that the people who were going to run that country, who did they, who did they put into place? Such an amazing word. The hemidu melech mina kohanim, malchus Yisrael, al shana. And that was that whole explosion during that time of Tarsha Baal That's when many of the Tanaim Beis Hillel, Beis Shammai, and all, and their Talmidim, and their Talmidim, all the way until this one of the Chobun of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zak was an explosion of Tarsha Baal It was Dafka during this time where the Melachim, the kings themselves, were what type of kings? Were kings who were Talmidah Chachamim, kings who were Avdeh Hashem, who were Avdeh Hashem, and didn't know anything. They weren't trained to be kings, they weren't warriors, they weren't military people. They were people who were ready to be Meiser Nefesh, they were ready to fight at Kadeh Sirus Nefesh. <clears throat> so just before, I just want to end up with a Marshan Avodah But the point that we wanted to bring out, what is this Yantav HaChanukah? Tonight's the first night. To realize from tonight, tonight we all just did the Ikar HaMetzah, technically. We lit one can. We could keep on doing this for the rest of Yantav. But we're speaking tonight about what's going to happen from tomorrow night and on. From tomorrow night and on, as we increase the mitzvah, two neiris and three neiris and four neiris, and we do it in a, in a Mahudar Dikka way. It's not only that the Neris Hanukkah should be done in a Mahudra way. So we should become a Mahadran. Mahadran are not, is not referring to the, the mitzvah. Mahadran are those who are Mechabed mitzvahs. Those who are Smechem when they do mitzvahs. When we learn, when we do mitzvahs, we should, be, we should realize it's a privilege to be an Eved Hashem. It's a privilege to be an Eved Hashem. And to be happy with what we do. To do the mitzvahs the way somebody who's happy with what he does, does it. To do it the way somebody who's machshev what he does, does it. We have halal for eight days. Lahoidosulahala, we have alanisim for eight days. Alanisim in benching, alanisim in tefillah. It's, it, 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 it's, it's a jubilant time of what? When I'm being more mechuzak in my mitzvahs. I was weak, and therefore they took it away from me. Hashem allowed the Maisa Satan to creep in. I'm going to hold on, and I'm going to hold on tight. And I'm going to, when I hold on tight, I'm going to get a new, an increased appreciation for what I'm doing. My learning, every yeshiva give, many yeshivas give Ben Azman, including this, for a few days in the middle. That just means you don't learn Psalm. You know that Gemara Ksubas you always wanted to learn? You never got that chance. That's the time. You could learn Psalm. So I want to end off with the following. Gemara tells off, tells on, on, on Yudches in Avodah Zara, bottom of Yudches Amad Aleph. Kumar tells a very sad story. We don't have to get through the whole Misa. Very sad story with Rabbi Meir, whose sister-in-law was kidnapped by the Romans. <clears throat> he was the son-in-law of Rabbi Hanina ben Tradion, one of the Asara Rugei Malchus, the one who was burnt with the, you know, the Sefer Torah wrapped around him. <clears throat> His sister-in-law is kidnapped, and he had to go free her. A whole Misa over there, he tracks her down, and he goes, and eventually he needs to bribe the, the guy who's in charge of the jail. The guy says to him, I'd love to take your money. It's a big Indian. 
But I'm afraid that they're going to find out that I did it, and then it's off with my head. So Rabbi Meir says to him, don't worry, I'll give you an Eitzah. Omar Lay, the end of the whole story, Mistafina Mimalchusa. I'm afraid of the Roman, I'm afraid of the government. What happens if they realize I took a bribe? So he says, I'll give you more money you could give them. Okay, you know what I mean? Omar Lay, Shkol, Tarkov, the Dinri, half of it you could, is for you, and the other half, right, the other half you give them. He says, what happens when I finish bribing them? What happens when the next ruler comes in and says, hey, we went through the records, whatever happened? There was a Jewish girl here in jail. Amar Lay, he says to him, Amos say, Elaka de Meir Aneni. In other words, if they ever come to take you, to get you, say this. What does Elaka de Meir Aneni? God, the God of Meir Aneni. Who's Meir? He says, I don't know that that works. <laughs> He's a smart guy. I don't know if it's going to work. So he says to him, watch, a bunch of pit bulls are right there, really wild dogs. They have a ka'achli inchi. There were dogs that used to eat people. So Rabbi Meir takes a clot of earth and he throws it at these dogs to irritate them. And they come chasing. He says, have a ka'asi lamechle. They came to eat him. Amar He says, the dogs go away. He says, okay, give me the money. Gives him the money. He takes his system off. Eventually, they find out. Okay? They come to uh, take this jailer. They about to hang him. He says, and the executioner takes him down. So they didn't know what the executioner said. I don't know why I just did this. And they just, every time they try to hurt him, you see, so he says, I'll tell you to my son. You know, I, this fellow Rabbi Meir came, he said, I'll call the Meir Aneni. And so they, they remembered what he looked like and they put his picture up. He was like a wanted man on, on the milk cartons and wherever it was that he was, a, and eventually he fled. That's it. That's the end of the story. Comes to Marsha and asks a question. Marsha says, it says in Rashi and Chumash, that you can't say on a living person the God of someone. We say that in their lifetimes, when we wanted to say, well, Yaakov was saying the God of Avram and Yitzchak, he says, He doesn't call Hashem Yitzchak. Rashi says, why? Because when somebody's alive, you can't say, you never know what they're going to do at the end of their lives, even if they've been perfect until now. So why is Rabbi Meir saying, Comes to Marsha and says he wasn't talking about himself. Mayor is a person's name, but Mayor also means to shine. Elakad de Mayor, Hashem who caused it to shine. Aneni. When did Hashem cause it to shine? Says the Marsha. Just not long before Rabbi Mayor, there was Galus Yavan. When they tried, they make, the, the, in the words of Chazal, they blackened our eyes, they darkened our eyes. They brought Chayshech to the world. Chayshech, multiple times, when Chashecha and Pashas Lech Lecha and Chayshech and Pashas Bereshes are all alluding to Yavah. They brought darkness to the world. The darkness that they brought was that they made us, they tried to take away Torah and Mitzvah, that we shouldn't look at things in a primi way. We only see the external of everything. That's such a dark way to look at life. Such a black way to see life. So 
So Elokad Meir means HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought through the nace of Hanukkah, not just the light in the base of Mikdash, but the light that he brought to all of us, that he gave us back Yiddishkeit. Elokad Meir, the same Hashem who brought us R then, will continue to bring us R in the future. My bracha to all of us is we made a bracha tonight. The, the tefillah is that the same R that we had then, we daven the same R, the same clarity that you brought then, should continue to bring to us. Future daras, hope that this was somewhat uh, informative. Quick question. Yeah, go for it.